1 to 6 and can be found on page 1233 on the Pew Bibles. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of the God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power for ever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So as we, as we begin this morning, I just want us to, to think about a question. I want us to be really honest about this question. This is a question that we can all answer, whoever we are, however young we are, however old we are. The question is this. Now, it's a really deep question. The question is, did any of you get any Christmas presents this year that you kind of didn't want? No. No one sort of like on, on, on Christmas days, you're opening this present and you're kind of taking the wrapping paper off and it wasn't what you expected. Anybody like that? Put your hand up. You see, the reason why I ask is, is I got a present this year for Christmas that I didn't want. Kind of like I opened it. Now, normally it might come from my mum, but it wasn't from my mum. It was, it was actually from one of my brother-in-laws. I don't know. I got this. It's called Where's the Wookiee 2? Anyone seen this? You got it. <laughs> That's exactly the point that I want to make. <laughs> You see, it's called Star Wars, Where's the Wookiee 2? And Harry could probably tell me all about this. Now, what it is, is if you open this book, it's kind of a bit like one of these annuals that I used to get as a child. And it's got all these pictures from various Star Wars scenes in it. And you've got to find where Chewbacca is. And it kind of, like, gets a bit complicated as well because there's decoy Chewbacca's as well. And so you've got to keep looking and you're trying to think, where on earth is he? And what do you see? And it got me thinking a bit. Does anyone want this? You've got one. Anyone else want it? You know, I'm trying to get rid of it. If you do, right, come and see me afterwards and you can, you can have this because I'm quite happy to give this away. We should do that one time, shouldn't we? We should bring all our unwanted Christmas presents and, and we should sort of like swap them. That would be a great idea. And so what I want us to do now is we're going to watch something. And we're going to watch something and we're going to see how well we are, how good we are at watching something. And this is a, this is a video we're going to watch. And there's, three, there's kind of three tests on here. And we're going to stop at the various parts to see if you can answer the question. So 
Watch it carefully because then I'm going to ask you a question about it. Okay, right. Just talk to someone else first and see if you can see if you can come up with an answer. Right, okay, stop. Stop for a minute. Right. Who let's have a think. Before we get before we give you the answer. Who thinks the answer is? Fifteen. Four of you think the answer is fifteen. Who thinks it's five? Who thinks it's sixteen? Who thinks it's less than fifteen? Who thinks it's more than fifteen? Who decided, because I said the word fifteen first, that it must be the wrong answer? Oh, you all trust me. That's great, because the answer is fifteen, isn't it? Huh? What is the answer, Richard? Let's play it. Right, here's the second one. Just stop it there, Richard. What else did you see? Go on, Amy. What did you see? Who saw the gorilla? About ten of you. <laughs> Let's watch it and we'll see. Okay, right, here's the second test. Let's see. Now you've got the hang of it. Let's see if you can guess the second one. Okay. Oh, well, he's just giving you the answer. <laughs> Listen, Anna, I just want to know, was, did, was that girl wearing the bag kind of like you were got? Is that all right, that cool bag? There you go. Well, the answer is we all know what the answer was. Twelve. But did anyone see anything else? Watch it again and watch the boy. Go on, Richard. All right. Okay. So now we're going to watch the third one, and let's see if we can we can get the third one.
Right. Who thinks they know the answer? 20. We're out. It is. It's 32. But did anyone see anything else? Go on, William. The background, yeah, what else? Anyone see anything else? The guitar changed colour. Did you see it? Do you see how it changed from, from, from yellow to pink? You see, it's all about, and it got me thinking a bit. When I was thinking about what I wanted us to think about this morning, it's about what do we see? What do we really see? And today in the church calendar, or yesterday, was what we call the start of what we call epiphany. And epiphany is a big word, but really what it means is it looks at what do you see? Because it means reveal. And so over these next three Sundays, we're going to be looking at three different things. Today, from from that passage that we heard that Harvey read for us, and today we're thinking about, and we're going to do it in various different ways, thinking about Jesus, the faithful witness. And so what do we understand? What do we see? about understanding what it means to be a faithful witness for Jesus. Why don't we stand up together and we'll sing our next song. Okay, take a seat for a moment. So we're going to think about what it means to be a faithful witness because Jesus was described as a faithful witness. And to help us think about this, we're going to think about something that all of us do probably every day. And so I need three people who are going to help me and they're going to describe for me or they're going to show me how you do this every day. Who wants to help me? You could be young, old. William, you can help. Two more helpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Liberty, you can help. One more. Who else is coming? Don't be shy. Harvey's going to come. Oh, Harvey's going to come instead. Oh, well, we've got, right, we've got three. Right. Oh, we've got, oh, well, Harvey, you could, come on then. Right. So we got three. <laughs> You've been relegated. <laughs> right, okay. So what we're going to do is this. I'm sure you do this every day. Do you like green, blue, or pink? Choice. Blue. Well, I've got a green one, a blue one, and a pink one, so you've got to decide. You want to be green. Pardon? You could be pink. You could be blue. Can you get this out? You see, we're going to think about what it means to be a faithful witness by um, brushing our teeth. You see, when we think about it, yeah, 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 you can open it. Can you you get that out? They're always hard to get out toothbrushes, aren't they? Have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried it? Right, let's think about this for a minute. Okay. Now, who likes brushing their teeth? No? Ish? You do? You see, I guess when we were learning to kind of 
be taught how to brush our teeth. You know, sometimes I wonder if this ever happened in your house, basically. Have you brushed your teeth? And I'm sure sometimes the answer was no. Because when we think about it, we often, when we were younger, we didn't want to necessarily brush our teeth. We had to be taught how to do it. Often we didn't want to do it. And sometimes we had to be nagged to do it. And yet, now, we understand the benefit of it if we're a bit older. So we're going to brush our teeth for a bit. I'm not going to put too much on. There we go. Guess what? You, it's, it's really good, isn't it? You come to church and you're going to get a, a free toothbrush because nobody's going to want to use this toothbrush after you've used it. There we go. Now, do you want a bit of water as well? Hold on then. Here we go. There we go. There we go. Right, there you go. Right, I want you to show me how you brush your teeth. You can go first a little bit. Yeah, you go first. Go on. Your parents are really going to want to watch this. They really are. Oh, you're going to go first, William. Go on then. That'll do. That's fine. That's fine. You can, you can put it in there now. That's fine. <laughs> if you want a fresh piece of fresh water. Who's going next? Do you want to go next? Go on then. I'm very impressed with that. It's very good. How old are you? Five. Five. That's very impressive, that. You've been taught well, haven't you? That's brilliant. Okay, you can put that in your fingers. It's all right. Do you want to get a fresh water? Go on then. Come on. We're going to see this. No, no, no. Face your parents so they can see. They've not seen this before in their lives. Brilliant. Thank you. Just put them. You can take the toothbrush with you, you know. You can have the toothbrush. You really can. God. Right. What we're going to do now is we're going to split off. So the children are going with Emily over there. The youth are going with Peter over there. And as adults, we're going to stay together. And we're going to think a bit more about Jesus being a faithful witness and also about toothbrushing and how it all links together. So, and as we, we do that, we'll just give you a couple of minutes to move. So if you're, if you're sort of like a child, then we're over here with Emily. If we're youth, we're over there with Peter. And if we're adults, we're, we're staying with me. And if you're an adult, you should have been given one of these cards this morning when you, when you came in. And when we, when we look at that piece of paper, if you see, if, you, if you're an adult, you need a pen this morning. So do, do get a pen out because it's quite interactive this morning. And you see where you've got those eight dashes? For each of those dashes, it refers to a letter, the letter of the, of the word. It's the word epiphany because that's what epiphany means. It means the word reveal as if something is revealed. And of course, in the book of Revelation, we see Jesus being described today as the faithful witness. And so when we think about that, what does it mean to be a faithful witness for Jesus? And actually, when I think about that, the word witness there is where we get the English word 
martyr from. So that gives you a description straight away of what it means to how Jesus was a faithful witness. If you like, I've, I've written it down on a verse there that you can see in John 6 and verse 38, for, where Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. You see, that's how Jesus was a faithful witness. He was a faithful witness because he was prepared to do whatever it required to do the will of God. He was just prepared to do whatever was required. Now, of course, we see that in some ways by how he lived his life. But because if you think about what the word witness means and martyr, we see it in how much he loved us, that he died for us. And that's what it means in many ways to be a faithful witness. It's someone who believes something, that they believe that Jesus has come down from heaven and that he lived amongst us. In other words, he was the Messiah. He was the special one. But it's also someone who believes that Jesus has died for them on the cross because he loved us. And that he wanted to repair the relationship between God and each one of us that was broken by, by our sin. So it's something about what we believe, but also it's about how we live our lives. And if we want to learn how to live and how to be a faithful witness, this is where toothbrushing actually helps us. Because when we think about it, most of us probably didn't want to brush our teeth as a child. Most of us probably sort of like did it reluctantly. We were probably nagged to death a bit about it. We were probably watched over before it happened. And yet, now we know the benefit of it. So much so that probably one of the first things we do in the morning is brush our teeth. And it's almost now harder for us not to brush our teeth than to to brush our teeth. And in the same way, if we want to learn to be faithful witnesses and continue to be faithful witnesses for Jesus. It's about having in our lives daily habits. This is why we need to have daily habits in our life. If we were to go from here, and if we were to drive or if we were to walk, whatever, and if we were to go to the airfield, and if we were to get into one of those, you know, like one-person planes or two-people planes or whatever, and we were to take off from the runway... Even if we'd been a pilot for 40 years, or even if we were a highly skilled pilot, we know this, that if we set off and we, let's say, we took off over the bay, and then we kind of turned right as if we were heading towards England, what we would know is this, is that after 60 miles, no matter how much we'd thought and planned the course that we were going to set, we would be one mile of course. It's called the one in 60 rule. And pilots, if you're experienced pilots are taught this, they know this, they know that what they have to do is they need to constantly be checking their systems because they know that they are going to be one mile out after 60 miles. They're just going to be one degree out. And so they constantly have to be checking their system. And it's the same Even highly experienced, highly skilled Christians need to be aware of the one in 60 rule. 
Because I find even highly skilled Christians, highly experienced Christians can, can find themselves just quite easily just slipping a bit. You know, a bad characteristic develops in your heart. A bad attitude appears. Some sort of wayward thought kind of starts going around in your head and you suddenly think, where did that come from? And all of a sudden, you can keep going with it and all of a sudden you're meant to be there and you're there. And so what I want to show you this morning is is something with the shape of this octagon that each of us can can apply to our lives. Each of us can apply this, this check to our lives to see if we can say, well, how am I doing? So what we need to do is, this is where you need your pen, and I've got a slide up here that will show you, show you how to do this. So if you look on your octagon, you've kind of got lines at the north, south, east, and west bit, haven't you? And so what I want you to do, hopefully you can, you can, you can see this. I want you to draw a horizontal line. Draw a horizontal line, if you like, from, from west to east. And on that horizontal line, I want you to write the word humility. And this is how, this is how I'm going to define humility. I'm going to define it as this. Agreeing with God who you are. If you like, agreeing with God who I am. And when we think about the word humility, there are two opposite extremes of humility. On one side, if you like, on the, if you like the west side, if you were looking at it, I want us to write the word insecurity. And I've kind of drawn it that way so you can see how, how I've drawn it. And then on the, other, the, the other opposite extreme of humility at that end is arrogance. And what I find in our lives is whoever we are, we don't stay static in one place. Sometimes we get a bit big-headed. Other times we feel insecure. We operate along the line. And then what I want us to do is draw a vertical line, if you like, from, from, from north to south. A bit like this. And on that line, what I want us to write is the word dependency. And I define dependency as this, agreeing with God who he is. So if humility is agreeing with God who we are or who I am, dependency is agreeing with God who he is. And what I find is I find there are two extremes there as well. If you like, at the top is self-sufficiency. And by that, what I mean is this. I don't need God. And then at the, and then at the bottom, I call it codependency. And this is how I... Let me give you an example of what I mean by codependency. You know, it's just after Christmas, you know, and we think... You know, I've eaten too much over Christmas, or I've drunk too much over Christmas. I really need to lose some weight. And so I'm going to have this goal of losing some weight. But there's still some chocolates in the house, and there's still some cheese in the house. So I'm going to eat all the chocolate and cheese up first before I start to think about losing weight. It's someone who thinks, I'm going to change something in my life, but only when something else happens, or only when someone else comes and helps me. 
And we operate along this line as well. You know, it's very easy for me as a priest to suddenly think, oh, well, I know quite a bit about God. So I'll just go on my knowledge about him rather than my relationship with him. It's very easy to do that. And so we we all operate along there. And of course, if we want to be a faithful witness, the place to be is where those two lines cross. That's the place where we're being a faithful witness. We're agreeing with God who he is, and we're agreeing with God who we are. And that's the place to be. But it's so easy to move across that axis and up that axis. And so what I want us to give this morning is some daily habits, if you like, some weekly habits that each of us can apply to our lives to think about how can I be a faithful witness for Jesus. So what I've got here is I've come up with eight. Now my challenge to you this morning is this. I'm giving you this as a template. My challenge is this. Make it better for yourself. So this is what works for me. Now you can play around with this. And say, right, okay, it doesn't have to be an octagon for you. It might be a hexagon. It might be a heptagon. It might be a square. But think about the practices that will help you, the daily habits that will help you to be a faithful witness for Jesus. So this is what I do. This is, this is if you like, my eight, if you like. And I'm just going to tell you what they are. So I've written them, if you like, in each of the eight sections. So the top one I've put is prayer. Then on the right-hand side, I've written the word care. Then if you like, on the east side, I've written the word share. Then in the, if you like, the southeastern part, I've put Sunday worship. Then right at the bottom, I've put Bible reading. Then in the southwest part, I've put a spirit-filled life. Then on the, if you like, the western side, I've put spiritual gifts. And then if, if you like, on the northwestern point, I've put financial giving. And so these are, these are the eight that, that I've chosen, basically. You might want to take one of those out and put a different one in, something that helps you. It's all about things that will help you to be a faithful witness for Jesus. And what I find for each of these eight is I need to have a goal for each of these eight. And that's where the question at the bottom is, what is my goal in in each area to be a faithful witness for Jesus in 2018 because the first step in every journey is to have a goal. So if you don't have a goal for what it for, for, for your prayer life this year, then it's just going to kind of go a bit like this. 
So prayer for me is all about reflecting my love for God. Care is all about, for me, my love for my fellow Christian. Share is all about, for me, is how am I going to share the love of Jesus in the world out there to people who don't know him? Sunday worship, for me, it's obvious. It's what am I going to be doing every Sunday? Bible reading. What is my goal in terms of Bible reading? Well, you know what it is. So, like, my goal every year is to read the Bible from cover to cover. The next one, life in the Spirit. What's my goal? To live a life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What's my goal in that area? Spiritual gifts. Am I using the gifts that God has given me to serve in the church and in the world? And then, and then financial giving. I always check. Am I giving what God has called me to give? And what I have for each of these eight areas is I have a go-to verse. You know, there's, there's a verse in the Bible that says, and it, and, it, and it goes like this, that when you teach, sometimes when you read the Bible, sometimes you'll find something encouraging. Sometimes you might find something that's inspirational. Sometimes you might need to be corrected on something or rebuked on, on, on something, basically. And so what I have is I have a go-to verse in each of these areas where I can check. Because I find that if I'm off that axis and I'm not in the middle, I can guarantee you that one of those eight habits or more than one of those eight habits is kind of not right. Maybe I'm not keeping to that goal that I said that I was going to read the Bible or I'm a bit behind. Maybe I'm not praying as I should be. And I find that that then starts to show along that axis. So you know what my go-to verse is when it's, when it's prayer. It's Psalm 42 and verse 8. If you want to write these down, listen, I'll give you my eight verses. The challenge to you is to... Find your go-to verse in each of these areas. So for me, it's Psalm 42 and verse 8. Every time I read Psalm 42 and verse 8, it sets me on that right keel about what prayer actually is. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. For care, it's 1 Samuel 23 and verse 16. It's the story of David and Jonathan, where David is feeling really discouraged if you like, as a follower of God. And we read that Jonathan comes alongside him and strengthens him in God. In share, it's 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 to 15. For Christ's love compels us to share. The only reason why, why we want to tell people about Jesus is because we've received the love of Jesus and we just want to tell people about that as if we think it's the best news ever. And if you have the best news ever, you just want to tell people. For, 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 for the next one down there, for Sunday worship, it's Luke 4 and verse 16. I always think, what did Jesus do? And it says, when Jesus was, was in Nazareth, he would always go along on the Sabbath to the synagogue, as was his custom. So that was what Jesus did when he was in Nazareth. Every week he would have just gone there. For, for Bible reading, it's Hebrews 4 and verse 12 that speaks of how the, the Word of God have, is kind of active and how it cuts between spirit and soul, between joint and marrow. 
Because when you read the Bible, it can be just so inspirational that it can just cut right to the heart and the chase of where you are in your life and it can just bring it home to you. And then for the next one, after that, for how am I living a life, if you like, full of the fruit of the Spirit? So for me, it's Galatians 5, to 23. And then when I think about, about spiritual gifts, it's 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. You know, I don't know how many of you have open fires. But, you know, sometimes when you light an open fire, it kind of doesn't take. Or it kind of, there's sparks at first and there's flames, and then it kind of tends to die down, and you think nothing's happening. And then you have to kind of blow on the fire. Or you might fan it a bit, and all of a sudden, it kind of sparks to life. And there's so much energy and movement. And 2 Timothy 1.6 is where Paul writes to Timothy and he says, fan into flame the gift that God has given you. So are you using the gifts that God has used, given you to serve in the church and in the world? And then the, then the final one is, is I always look at, at my financial giving. And this is my go-to verse, 2 Corinthians 9, verses 7 to 8. It speaks about how each one of us has to decide between God and ourselves what we will give to him. Because everything is his anywhere. And it talks about how much God loves a, a cheerful giver that we don't give reluctantly. And that how much God will bless us. Because you can never outgive God. How much he blesses you as a result. So as we start 2018, this is kind of like my challenge to each of us. What's our goal in each of these eight areas? And what I want you to do is I want you to think about it. We're going to sing a song now, and then we're going to have a time where we can just pause. And we can just think about, right, God, What do you want me to do in some of these areas? Now, it might be that eight's too many for you, and you might say, well, listen, I'm going to start with one. Or it might be you can think of something else that you want to add into it. That's absolutely fine. Make it work for you and come up with a goal for each of these. And then take take this card home with you. And then maybe look at it next week. You might want to reassess it. And keep referring to it. Maybe put it in your Bible or something like that. Put it somewhere where you can find it. Something that will be a reminder. Something that will be a check all the time. That will then say, ah, I remember when we did this and this is what happened. So why don't we stand together and we'll sing this next song.